Hello and welcome to this episode of the Event Manager Podcast by Skiff Meetings, the podcast for curious event professionals embracing the future of business events. My name is Miguel Nevsh and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Skiff Meetings. And in this episode titled Innovation as the Driving Force Behind Sustainable Growth, I have the pleasure of speaking with Ángeles Moreno, Country Manager Spain for AIM Group International. We talk about things like the pros and cons of entrepreneurship, the importance of providing value for all event stakeholders, how sustainable growth does not happen without innovation, the challenges of sustainability in the events industry, and the advantages of a segmented approach when differentiating between in-person and online events. I hope you enjoy listening to this conversation, and I invite you to check out the other episodes of the podcast, which you can find on our website or by subscribing through your favorite podcast service. Now for a word from our sponsors, PHL Life Sciences, a division of the Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau. Host your convention or trade show in Philadelphia, one of America's leading life sciences hubs. PHL Life Sciences, the first and only CVB division of its kind, will connect you to the professionals at the forefront of your industry and to a culture you can only find in Philadelphia. A city known for its rich history that's forging a bright future, Philadelphia challenges the expected and defies convention. A world of discovery is waiting. Visit phllife.com to learn more. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Event Manager Podcast by Skiff Meetings. I am super delighted to have my friend, Angeles Moreno, Country Manager Spain of AIM Group International, join us today. Angeles, uh, thank you for joining us for the podcast. Oh, thank you for inviting me, for having me here. You're very welcome. Uh, looking forward to this conversation. As with all our uh, podcasts, I'm going to jump straight in and uh, get you to introduce yourself. Um, and you can start wherever you want to start. Uh, maybe where you first kind of um, got you know introduced or, or sort of understood the the, the events industry, uh, and uh, take us through uh, your journey, how you got to where you are today. I, I know a little bit about your journey, but I'm sure you're <laughs> going to mention a few a few adventures along the way that, that we can unpack and, and, and kind of take some learnings from as well. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm an executive, so I'm a person that runs companies already for many, many years. And I started in the uh, somehow not only the events industry, but more hospitality, tourism, and then landed somehow into the events industry um, many years ago. So my, my family already worked in the hospitality and tourism industry. My father was an entrepreneur and was also um, an executive in this industry. So somehow I had it in my, in my family for, for many, many years. I grew up, um, I was born in Madrid, but I grew up in the Canary Island. And then I studied in a German school and I studied university in England. So somehow, you know, a person from the universe and, um, and, 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 and this is how I became what I am today. And I think and I'm going to go into your next question, I think. So maybe I better stop talking and let you your space. No, no, I, <laughs> don't worry about the questions. They're just there for, for guidance. So, so we give you a bit, of, a bit of a journey. But I know you've, um, you had your own company or, or you had multiple companies yourself for, for a while. And I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about that, uh, but also talk about the journey. You you were you know involved with the event design canvas for a while and doing a lot of consulting and those kind of things. But now you're heading up the Spain part of of quite a large uh, DMC PCO. Uh, you know, love to get kind of your take on that. And I think the the thing I'd really like to talk about is is the journey. Like, why do you go through these things? And I see a lot of people who have their own company sort of do that forever. But I have also seen a trend in the last few years of people who say, actually, I don't know if that's right for me. I'm going to do something else and be part of a bigger organization. It sounds like what that's what you've done. But I don't really, you know, would love to get into kind of the reasons behind that and, and the kind of that that journey. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I'm extremely curious. I'm a person that I'm always trying to learn and always trying to push my boundaries. And I'm never very much relaxed into something that I already control and something that I already know. Um, and it has been, I started with my first business before the 2000s. So I was 25, six or something like this. 
and and it has been like a long, long journey of entrepreneur. As you said, many companies in my in my back and very interesting process already in 2014 decided that maybe I need to check other things and I need to join bigger organizations to continue learning from different aspects. Because when you are an entrepreneur, you are a little bit a solo, you are a little bit outside, you know, you are alone. And it's not that easy that you continue learning. It's very difficult. Somehow you get trapped into that's what I know. And the rest of the people just look at you or that you give, you know, the solutions to everything. And it's quite, you get a little bit stuck into that process. And it was something for me that was killing me somehow. And I wanted, uh, then um, I started as consultant and I built a consultancy project in 2017 which was very interesting because I managed to jump into a lot of organizations, try to understand them and to help them into the process of changing their business experience, helping them into, into growth process and changing process. And, and that was very, very interesting. And I managed to learn different organizations and go outside of my comfort zone. Somehow the consultancy also grew. And then suddenly I was back again into, I'm the manager of a consultancy. So I was not only doing consultancy myself, but again, managing a business. And, and that was not the intention, let's say. So the intention was a growing process for me, for myself. And then, um, yeah, working for a big organization, leading the Spanish operation was something that I, I had to test somehow. I had to jump into something like this and, 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 and meeting AIM Group International was really um, a good moment in my career where we, we, it took us some time, it took us months of conversations, but at the end we managed to build something which is benefiting both sides and I think we are enjoying that process a lot. Along the way, learning methodologies, learning uh, procedures, processes, new ways of thinking, uh, pushing my boundaries into rethinking everything, like, like for example, design thinking applied to events, which is the, the event design canvas as one of the methodologies that I, that I learned and that I was fascinating. It has been great because it opens your mind and it gives you the opportunity to rethink what you think you know. <laughs> and you don't always know everything uh, but as an entrepreneur you are very forced to assume you know everything and you get very used to make decisions even if they are not the best decisions and and I think if you don't go through different phases in your life you will be missing to learn many many different things huh? and I didn't want me to happen that I think Pandemic also made me realize, you know, uh, that that change in life is good, and that it was a good opportunity also to rethink where is that I want to be, what's the value that I want to bring, what's the value that I want to get. You no, know, it was a space where, because a, a good moment to reimagine yourself, and that was the decision. So um, it was um, very interesting process. Also, I wanted to go through a process of looking for a job in my life. I've never been in that situation. I have to tell you, I've always, I was very good at student than in university. So I got offers very fast. I was very fast into managing positions, very fast. Uh, let's say only in three years, the company was already successful. The first one, the second one, I sold it very fast. And every time it has been too fast so I didn't enjoy let's say somehow the whole process and and I wanted to go through the process now of, of selling myself also and 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 learning different organizations how to add them value what what was their their intention their goals and this has been very I have to say very exciting and Miguel you know me <laughs> you know me a lot but I'm extremely positive in this in this phase of my life so I'm enjoying almost everything that I'm doing from a very positive perspective which I think is what it has to be fascinating Th thank you for taking us through that I, I wanted to um I wanted to get your uh description or your um kind of understanding of or, or explanation of the aim group 
for anybody mm-hmm. who's listening who doesn't know what it is. Uh, and maybe let's do that first. And then I wanted to kind of go back into your journey just to try yeah. kind of pick out. But could you explain what AIM Group is to anybody who's listening who doesn't know? That's great. AIM Group is one of the biggest event um event and communication and consultancy event management agencies in in Europe I would say is tier one two three let's say depending on on, on the industry um, it has a history already of over 60 years so and always very well known into being very innovative uh, so things that are happening right now the company already did. 50 years ago. So it was very disruptive in the market. Leading the Italian market, for example, as the number one, because headquarters are there with, with 14 different offices uh, all over the world. And it's a very interesting organization with a, a specialization into, into Congress management, big specialization into Congress management, and also um pharmaceutical corporation management which is the biggest let's say biggest business line that we have but then additionally to that many others like dmc in international destinations then we have continuous uh, medical training departments we have the as i mentioned the communication agency which is integrated right now within the structure and we are doing communication strategy for a lot of organizations worldwide so this is this is same, which I have to admit, it has been a big surprise for me, very positive surprise, getting to know the organization deeper, getting to meet also uh, the whole management and also getting to meet all the offices and meeting all the mineral management also. It has been fascinating. Thank you for taking through that. Um, so, yeah wide scope of work, right? Communications, uh, and then the events and meetings and conferences side of things. And my understanding is that it's both incoming, so at destination, but also going to other destinations, right? So sort of a, a core PCO role in, in many situations as well, right? That's it. That's it. Okay. So going back a little bit to your journey, entrepreneurship, all the different consulting, um, I just wanted to kind of get your view. Is is there anything that you would particularly highlight? You mentioned you have a lot of tools and a lot of the experience of sort of picking up and being curious and, and kind of grabbing from different sectors. Is there any, any one or any collection of kind of tools or methodologies or things that you've done that have impacted you the most that you find the most useful that you can use today? Oh, yes. Uh, opening my mind into the human, human-centered human design. This has been something that, that really impacted me into understanding the why of that many things. No, I think when you manage companies, you try to manage your teams and you try to manage also your partners and, and, and the people and even your customers into doing one thing. No? And you are trying to convince them into doing that thing. But if you cannot trigger the the human way of thinking there is nothing you can do in that and you will be fighting and maybe by coincidence you manage that people do whatever you are trying to push them to do but it's very difficult so i think for me discovering and i started with design thinking and then discovering um the human behavior change so understanding how to design human behavior change and this led me into how to apply business experience when you manage uh, organizations and, and corporations has been something which has changed myself completely from A to Z. I mean, incredible. So now I give far much more importance into human attitude uh, and I build the context of conversations, negotiations and projects and so on into what's the human impact that it's going to cause. And I have to say, I'm far much more successful <laughs> right now into achieving goals, uh, which has been a struggle sometimes in the past. Thank you, thank you. That's that's yeah, really interesting. And and throughout your journey, it sounds, at least from from what you've described, that you've really stayed within meetings and events. Did you ever consider stepping out, going in a different direction, joining a different industry? Um, you know, through the pandemic or any other time. Well, through the pandemic, um, but already before the pandemic, um, 
I started working, when I say I, my company, we already started working with different type of organizations, with corporations in different sectors. Somehow they were getting in touch with us uh, with, um, with the intention of, of uh, let's say, improving their stakeholder engagement somehow. Um, and we have been working in the, to the retail industry, for example, into the real estate industry. We have been working into um, venture capitals industries also. So we have been dealing with different type of organizations uh, somehow. So when I made the decision during the pandemic to stop my entrepreneur life and, and jump into being part of a bigger organization, I was very tempted to leave the events industry very tempted i have to say and actually it was a question of i think 48 hours that i made the decision to one side or to the other um and uh because i i, I got very interesting projects also outside of the industry which were were interesting and for me in my level of curiosity and always pushing these boundaries and so on it was something interesting at that moment saying oh let's open you know like a, a new challenge and let's try to grow within a new industry or within a, a new sector no? uh, then uh, the conversation that I opened with AIM with the management of AIM um, convinced me that that my project was this one and and somehow the decision, yeah, as I said, had to be made in forty eight hours. But it was it was something uh, that I I feel every single day that it was the right decision to to be made. So back again into the events industry, um, in in full, with an incredible experience and learning to have gone through other type of industries, which I have to say it gives you a really good perspective. Because when I hear people from this industry complaining all the time of the bad things of this industry, I always think the same. It's like you need to go out and come back and see that in every single industry, there are always negative and positive things. But if you concentrate on the positive things, you manage to grow the industry and you manage to grow yourself as a professional. And I think there are a lot of people that need to go out and then come back because you bring a different perspective, which is very enriching. So going back to your entrepreneurial roles and, and your companies, um, could you maybe go into what were your kind of favorite parts of it and the things that you didn't like about it? And I'm asking this um, because I think anybody who's listening who has their own company or works for a small company might be able to learn from your experience and you might be able to inspire them and maybe see that they're not alone in, in some of their thinking. But would love to get kind of your perspective on that. I mean, being an entrepreneur is fascinating. So it's really fascinating. So it's something you are free of making a lot of decisions. You build your own let's say your own experience, you build your own path. It, it's, it's very, very interesting. It gives you some kind of flexibility into the decision-making process, which is very, very interesting. And, 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 and you earn a lot of money, I have to say, if you're successful. So these are like a lot of positive things that, that, that it's interesting. And then you can change also a little bit your path. No, somehow it's like, oh, you make your own decisions and you go one way or the other. So that's interesting. But it's, I have to say that it's, it's not for me. Uh, funny enough, I've been an entrepreneur for 20 plus years and, and, and I somehow understood that it was not for me. I was not enjoying to the fullest the situation. Um, and, and I think the negative thing is that I think it limits a little bit your evolution. So you need to be, as I said, you need to make a lot of decisions. You're always the go-to person for everybody in your team, in, in your partnership network, in your, in your customers. Uh, so you always need to have like the final decision on everything. You need to be on top of everything. And that limits a little bit your expansion. And, and, and at least it was my feeling you kind of concentrate in something very specific if you manage to surround yourself very good then maybe you can grow in different areas but it's kind of a risky situation sometimes this is somehow my feeling 
I was always missing, you know, uh, like conversations at the same level or even beyond uh, of, of people that could enrich yourself with, with different perspectives and opinions. Um, and this was something, this loneliness, no, from the, from the entrepreneur, which is, I mean, there are plenty of books talking about that, which is a reality. Uh, and that was somehow my feeling. Are you ready to celebrate your successes in the world of meetings and events? The Skift Meetings Awards are back for 2024, recognizing the most innovative business events companies across 15 categories, and we want you to be a part of it. Winners will feature on Skift Meetings, sending a clear signal to events professionals around the world that these are partners they can rely on. The final deadline for submissions is June 11th. We encourage you to start your submission today to secure the best entry rates. For more information and to start your submission, head to live.skift.com. It sounds like you, you need to create an event for entrepreneurs to connect them and to make them less alone, right? So I think maybe there's an opportunity there. So going back to events, I mean, you talked a little bit about this kind of human-centered thinking and design. Um, I like to think about great events, right? When, when, when you really create something unique, when you create an amazing experience that's beyond kind of expectations, um, In, in your view, what does it take to, to really do that? You know, is the, yeah, I know, you know, events are different. There's large events, there's small events, there's all sorts of things. But are there unique traits of a really great event? You know, when you take an event and you go from something that's good to, to great, that, that you can, you know, in your experience, are, are universal to those events that are truly great? I think an event is great when it has a, a strong human impact, not only for participants, but also for main uh, stakeholders around the event. And I think uh, what I just said, it sounds easy. It is extremely complicated because you need to work a lot into the engagement of everybody involved and trying to understand what is um, the impact that they are expecting to have from the event, expecting or not expecting that you can create, you know, beyond expectations also. And, and I think this requires a lot of time of thinking, analyzing, observing, testing, uh, measuring, a lot of conversations, a lot of um, collaborative working. And, and normally events are not <laughs> equipped with a lot of time around And, and I think the focus in many times is more in decoration, if I explain myself good, and to um, a lot of production, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of luxurious things and food and a great speaker somehow, but it's not that much into the process of changing. And I think When I'm always participating in events and I see, even as a speaker that I go many, many times and they put me there. For, I was recently in Italy and I was put in a, in a stage, fantastic 20 minutes of conversation about, about change and human behavior change and the impact of change. And then the people came back to me, you know, when I left the stage and they were They were, oh, it has been fascinating, you know, the conversation and everything. But you know what? When they leave that space, they don't know how to do it. And if you don't know how to do it, you're not going to do it because you come back to your own reality. And then it's only like a good memory that keeps in your mind. And it will be maybe one person out of hundred that will be triggered to continue learning and continue understanding. So the value of the event is almost zero. And that's a reality. If we manage them to connect to each other, to do business and to do and in, increase their networking, then the value is a little bit more. If we manage them to learn something, not only to apply, but also to learn, maybe the value is a little bit more and so on and so on and so on. But we are not designing the events to provoke somehow this, this, this value or this change in people. And at the end, That's the strongest value. The value is that the event leaves a legacy in the destination. The value is that everybody that is participating in the event, from sponsors to uh, politicians to institutions, whatever, that they get a value out of that. And, and I think we need to design the event in, in that process. And maybe it's less investment in production and luxurious caterings and all these things, more into timing 
and invest, you know, put more time into that from everybody that it's involved in order to create something that is bringing them all value. And, and, and I think we are not doing that. So simply is that it's very strange that you go to an event and, and, and you leave the event and you say, ooh, this has really changed my life. No, somehow this is, uh, I've met the persons that is going to lead me to go to a different universe. I learned this, but I know how to apply and, and, and my attitude is completely different and my life uh, has moved to a different hemisphere. No, that's not that easy. <laughs> You mentioned you mentioned that we're not doing this. Um, why are we not doing this? Is it just because it's it's hard and and it takes a lot of resources, or are there any other reasons why we're not able to to achieve this kind of um, success? I think my impression, and and I got this this impression when I worked this six years as a consultant that I managed to go outside of the event industry. Okay. Because from inside, you don't see that. You need to go out and, and be in boards of, of different type of organizations that they don't work in events. They work in different things and how they speak of events. So it's very important no, to get their perspective. I think an event in the majority of the cases is something executional. It is like the highlight of something that it's just the execution of something. And it has to be nice because it, can, it, it, it has to be nice. It has traditionally been nice. Um, and, and I don't think they, they think on a, on a longer journey from the event. The event starts and happens and ends in a very specific time frame, and that's it. And, and we don't invest that much thinking into, oh, that's a full process. No, The full process is more into marketing, into human resources when we are talking about um, uh, talent management strategies. It's more into different areas of the organizations. And then when they come to a point where they say, oh, let's do an event, which is a starting today at nine and it's finishing at three. And that's it. It's done. The rest goes into the responsibility of different areas of the business. If you, that's, if you look from outside, if you look from inside, in the majority of the cases, professionals in the meetings and events industries are more logistic people than thinkers. So they are more executional people, fantastic, incredible people that they do possible things that are very difficult to execute, but less into thinking. And that's a whole value chain. So it's not only their fault, they already get everything super late with a very uh, painful decision-making process and, and and so on and so on. So at the end, everybody runs into making this happen from nine to three, done. And, and that's it. And we work with emotions eh? because I think everybody has a clarity that we are talking about experiences and emotions, but they just happen from nine to three. And, and that's not enough for humans, for the human brain to execute and act in a different way afterwards. It's, it's almost impossible. It's not enough time for that to happen. I think that's a really interesting point. So it's really the siloed approach that is a big barrier to, to creating these successful events. Yeah. yeah. Have you been part of organizing or been a participant at any events that have been able to achieve this you know what events have you been a uh, part of that have really been great in your mind do you have any examples um some and sometimes um, i mean i i remember i was part of the of the organizing committee of of this european conference from mpi that we did in well i forgot the destination but it was in holland um the hague. In, in the hague no in 2017 should have been or 18 or something like that maybe. i think it was 19 yeah, I think it was 2019. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think the whole process and the way we organize everything and how we engage with that many people that were involved, it was somehow transformational. And, 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 and then the continuation didn't happen, I think, in the same level. So at, at the end, and then COVID came and that many things, you know, that impacted somehow the whole, the whole process. But I think this is somehow transformational. I think there are, there are some transformational events. Huh? There are 
there are some people that are very much engaged into community events and they continue being part of the community because the events are the, the moment where they get together and they in in reinforce their networking and their learnings and they they continue growing and building in that sense i think there are some i don't think we measure the impact and and it's very difficult to demonstrate the value and when you, when you don't demonstrate the value it's very difficult to say this is a real industry and it brings that value to organizations uh, to 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 grow and to continue and to and to to drive no somehow so I think yep. there's this missing, no, this missing element that we need to go into that. Absolutely. So, I mean, in your bio and, and in the way you describe a lot of, you know, the journey that, you, that you've been on, um, there's a lot of mentions of innovation and growth. Uh, mm. And I wanted to take a moment to really get your definition uh, of those two words or those two concepts and give us an understanding of how we can get there, uh, particularly using events or event experiences to achieve or to innovate or to grow. Could you kind of explore that topic with us a little bit? I think grow never happens without innovation. That's one thing that we need to make sure. I mean, it, it could happen. Eh? You can have a lot of negative techniques to make a business grow and a company grow or a department grow, but I'm just saying sustainable growth. Sustainable, purposeful growth, let's say, so something that is real growth. Innovation, it's, it's, it's thinking new ways of doing what you do in a more efficient way uh, with more positive impact and, and making everybody and everything around you grow with a, with a process of their rethinking. No? And uh, in order for that to happen, you need to work a human behavior into that process. So you need to help people to understand how to benefit themselves because at the end, humans, we are like this, uh, into that process of rethinking what you do and applying new ways of doing things. Technology is helping us a lot into, into, into accelerating processes, into being more efficient, into having at least into having more space to think because there are a lot of transactional things that can be done through technology where we were investing a lot of time. Now we can put that into processes, technology processes, and we should have more time into this process of thinking. So that's, that's another uh, beneficial thing. There is no organization that does not go into a path of innovation where the people really embark, embark into that process of rethinking the way we do things, implementing digital processes to make things more efficient. And the people more happy because they have more space to add real human value that does not grow because it goes immediately into having better business, more qualified business and bringing more value to your industry or to your sector. So that's, that's a process that it's, as you may imagine, is fascinating because it's something that you really need to invest a lot of um, ways of applying things. I think also innovation does go with test and learn, test and learn. So the organization needs to be ready also to test things, then learn from failure and test things and learn back again and then grow in that process. So the first thing is eliminating like a lot of barriers into testing new things and celebrating success and not talking about failure because failure is just a process of learning. So that's another way of innovating. Otherwise, it's very difficult. But I think we need to be very open into rethinking. Is that maybe I'm not an expert in this and maybe there are other ways of doing things and, and, and this... Um, brings you like a lot of positive energy you know to to continue learning love it i think that that makes a lot of sense and i think there's a lot to a lot of wisdom there <laughs> you mentioned technology and of course that's an area of innovation that we're always keen uh, to explore um and on skiff meetings do you have any particular technologies, um, whether it's a specific program or just a, you know, a concept that you're kind of keeping an eye on as you look for innovation with, with your role? I'm open to technology all over. 
So I'm always I'm always looking at what's what's out there that it's gonna help processes and and humans to have that space of thinking and and being more more efficient in their way of working. And this is my perspective on technology. I think I'm quite curious about the metaverse, I have to say, and I know this is a buzzword, but I think it has it has a point. It has a point in 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 different aspects, not not in everything, but I think it has a point into avoiding traveling in many times. I think in education, I think it's quite interesting also, I think the process, because it's immersive. And when something is immersive, it covers all the pieces of your brain. And that's very interesting no? in, in this speeding up the process of enjoying this situation specifically. I'm... I'm extremely curious into implementing you know new ways new tools and new ways of doing things which are supported by technology and I'm I have to say some years ago I was always very scared about that now I'm not scared at all and it's it's very interesting and and the most important thing it gives human the space to go back to thinking and 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 escape from that routine of executing all the time that we were somehow forced to, 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 do, to do for many years. And then suddenly you have a way of doing that and you can have that space of growing you know, and, and thinking. I think it's very interesting also technology in many aspects into the positive impact to the planet, I think. Um, it has a point also. So we need to also integrate that process in our way of thinking to be less um, uh, damaging, less, no, the, the, uh, the whole world, the, the world and, 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 and the humans, no, that we uh, live in the world. I think it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting time for the events industry because obviously sustainability is super important. It's probably one of the, mm. you know, if not the biggest challenge we have. Um, but it's tough, right? Because we are an industry that wants to promote travel wants to promote people getting together and to be really sustainable that mm -hmm. is not can't be part of the solution or it's hard to have that part of the solution and you know there's a lot of arguments for or against that um where do you stand on that you know can we really talk about being sustainable when our core mission is to you know part of our core mission is to get people on planes and to meet and gather you know that i think Yes, we generate a negative impact with, with that traveling. We can be a little bit more sustainable in the way of traveling, that's for sure. But I think we are missing the opportunity of the extremely positive impact we can generate when we get together. And I think we are not using, to compensate many, many different things, we are not using that aspect uh, in, in, in to the fullest. No, um, I see... Uh, so many meetings, you know, where you put together really good brains, incredible people making changes and deciding things. And then the destination that's not get anything out of that. Just just the disruption of getting 10,000 people in your city, you know, when you try to go on the bus to, to take your children to school. And then suddenly you have 10,000 tourists in your city. And we are not using that positive thing that events can bring somehow, which is talent sharing, knowledge sharing, uh, even um, uh, community building, community work, and that many different things, you know, that we are not, we are a little bit greenwashing still in that process. So we need to really believe in that. On the other side, I have a theory, Miguel, you're going to kill me with this now, but I'm not 100% convinced that online events are events. Okay, this is my theory. So I actually, yesterday I had a meeting with someone in my country, which is very influential in this industry and was trying to tempt him to do a think tank into thinking a new name for online events, which are not events. Okay, so how can we create a new category uh, that came out of the, of the pandemic, which is an innovative process, but to separate events, which are human encounters to online X, you know, which are different type of things and less impactful, less negative impactful uh, in, in the process of traveling. And that's our reality. But when we don't meet, you know, when humans don't meet, decisions are not made in the same level. And I think we need evolution no? as, as humans. 
is that do you feel that that is just something about human nature or is that a learning thing where we could get used to it and could make good decisions in online experiences i think it's human nature if if humans will be changed in a future i don't know so i'm not going to be here to <laughs> to see that but i think it's human nature and i think we all realize how difficult somehow it, it was how different no difficult how different it was when we were isolated in our houses and i'm just talking not only about the professional life that could be somehow more or less been very decent managed in an online environment but i'm just talking about family friends and that many things no i think what you get when you meet when you look into the eyes and you see that person maybe it is not necessary that we meet every single time in face to face but when we meet we do incredible things together and that's i think it's it's um i was reading a book the other day from uh how's the name harari is that uh from the evolution of the human and it has been since ever so the difference that we have with animals is that we meet together we make decisions together we have conversations and then you no know, we get the next level and the next step and that's very interesting interesting and I, that, that, i don't know if this go is going to change and maybe the education of our children in the future will be completely different it may happen but i'm not going to be here to see that i think it will <laughs> yeah, take time I, I, I think it's definitely much more natural, just like it's more natural to use a, a mobile phone. Uh, you know, it's always been part of young people's lives. I think for the young people now, online events or online meetings will always have been part of their lives. So it's probably quite different in that sense. Um, I, I'm not a psychologist. I don't know enough about that to comment on the uh, on whether we can change or not, or whether that can be a, a different thing. But I, I tend to agree with you in terms that it's different. I think events are, uh, you know, it's a broad term that we use to, to, to call a number of different gatherings and an online experience is never the same as an in-person experience. Um, I, I fully agree with you there. It's additional. So I don't think they need to fight at all. So I have, for example, in my house, I have a, a teenager. Okay. My, my eldest is a teenager. And, and as you said, she has grown up with technology i mean under the pillow of, of i mean it's incredible and they speak all the time and they are always connected and and somehow but you know what's their highlight in her term you know what's the highlight when they do a party at home and they come all over here and they go to the swimming pool and they spend the whole afternoon in the swimming pool in the garden and this is the highlight and they maybe they do it three or four times a year and not that many times and and at the end this is what they remember and they take pictures and then they continue online with the whole the whole memories but the reality is that they still get together and they enjoy a lot being together and i think that's a big element and and, and they are very young huh? they are so definitely says something about human nature and even though the technology is there it doesn't mean it's there to replace uh the face-to-face -face connection, right? So thinking about bigger picture challenges, um, are there any challenges that you're seeing up ahead? Um, maybe any less obvious challenges that, that you're kind of thinking, mm, this might impact us um, that uh, are important for us as an industry to, to be discussing or to start discussing now? As we were just discussing, I think it's extremely important to create a specific concept for online experiences and and equip them you know with everything the whole value proposition that they are bringing and also events on a separate segment and i think if we don't do that we are going to be super mixed not understanding exactly the value that each of them bring because they have different objectives and they have different achievements and they are there for different purposes so they cannot be called the same And I think I was the other day in an event and I was hearing also technology people and they, they have been very successful the last two or, or three years. And obviously they are somehow, you know, very, very, you know, very brave into bringing their opinions. And they were somehow like, like 
like like thinking that this could be the replacement. And I think it are completely different things. And if I look, for example, at the experience that you have when you go to a restaurant, and and if you think that a restaurant is competing against the delivery, uh, they are completely different experiences. So if I want to really enjoy an experience in a restaurant, this cannot be replaced by a, by a food delivery at home. Food delivery has specific requirements and a very specific context. I'm at home already. I don't know. It's rainy. I'm already in my pajamas. And I'm just thinking, listen, I want to have that. And because I want to have that, but I don't want to go. It's not the moment for me to go. I'm going to ask for that. So at the end, you cover part of the experience, but not the full experience. And, and, and I think... And there should be people for everything. I live outside of the city, uh, 30 kilometers outside of the city, and I'm not going to travel to the restaurant every time. But I have uh, a service that is bringing me food to my house. Okay, great. Then I'm going to be a very good customer for that type. But, but, it, but it's not the same. They're a completely different type of experiences. So I think there is a huge talent challenge for the industry to really identify the good and the bads of each of the systems and also to have their own professionals in each of, because I think right now it's a little bit mixed. I do events, then I do online events. I do online events, then I do events. Then you know what I mean? So it's somehow I see like in kind of a fight. They are not a fight because if we are trying to transform human behavior, we need a lot of impacts on that human to change behavior and some will be online some will be physical some will be you know what i mean so it's somehow a collaboration of all of the whole of all the tools do you feel that then we need different teams to be working on the online events and the in-person events oh yes i think some could be together so some obviously the 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 teams that understand the needs of the organization, of the communication of the organization, the, 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 the team that understand also the participants, the type of participants, all this type of things. But then they should be separate because it's, it's different things. I think we have that challenge as an industry. I think we have also the challenge of talent, which is not only a challenge for our industry. I think it's, it's impacting worldwide um, in all the segments. And I think we need to create more sexy business to attract and retain you know the right people and i think that's that's a big challenge in 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 the in that process we need to be open also to more senior talent which has not been traditionally something for the industry in in many occasions and i think we need to change our minds into that in in that sense because if it's difficult to attract young people then we need to attract senior people but the industry cannot stop. So how do we make them successful now also to, when they join our organizations? So, Very interesting. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of lot of interesting thoughts there. And uh, we don't have all the solutions, but I think it's always good to talk about the challenges <laughs> and figure out how we can address those. Um, in, in terms of the kind of big challenges is there anything that you would change in the industry like a specific thing that you think would help uh, alleviate these challenges that if you could change you would like if you could snap your fingers and be like this Ooh. would change in the industry i would i would put more um you know more positive conversations into i think we work in a we are extremely extremely Let's say it's incredible. This industry is amazing. And, and, and to be honest with you, I've been outside for many years and I come back and this is, as we said in Spanish, we said um, it's warm here inside. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, very, it's very nice. Uh, and I think that's very interesting. And we deal with a lot of different companies, a lot of different people, a lot of different associations. We deal with humans, which is the more enriching part of everything. And I think we need to to solve a lot of problems in the industry, to insert more positive thinking of our own industry, stop seeing problems where they are not problems. I would put every single person an element on the value chain, specifically in their value change. I see 
a lot of people going from one point to the other hotels, organizing events, uh, meeting planners, you know, telling customers how to do things in a bad way. You know, all these things, I think each of them have their role and their role is very important. And each of them need to look into improving the professionalism within their role. And I think if we focus on that, it will be a far much stronger industry. That's another thing. I think we need to help organizations to understand the value of events in their own language, which is not experiences and creativity. It's impact and, and sustainable growth. And we need to help them understand the value that the events bring so that they help us also in making the events be more, uh, have more time allocated and resources allocated and that many things. So I think with these three things, which are big things, uh, <laughs> we could have, um, uh, uh, yeah, we can enjoy far much more working in this industry. Love it. Thank you for that. Last question for you. I uh, just want to wrap up quickly. Um, want to get your recommendation for somebody else that we can have on the podcast so we can continue these fascinating conversations and, and talk about these big issues that, uh, that I think we all want to solve. You know what? I, during the pandemic, I set up a female network, uh, which is um, event marketing strategies in big organization in EMEA. And we managed to have around a little bit less than 200. I think we are around 170 something or seven, whatever. I don't remember exactly the name. And um, we had incredible conversations with women that were leading event marketing in their in their own corporations with their struggle of not being enough empowered or not being enough listened and then fighting with sometimes a value chain of suppliers that were not 100% understanding their position within organizations and so on. We had incredible conversations, but I will highlight one person and I hope she's not killing me after that because I didn't tell her anything. And an incredible conversations I've had with um, Stephanie Dubois-Cannon. And she's the, the head of event operations at SAP. And uh, uh, hopefully you can invite her and, you, and she can join your, your podcast because I'm sure you're going to enjoy a conversation with her as much as I always do. Perfect. Thank you for that recommendation. We'll, we'll get uh, contact details and see if we can have her as a guest on the podcast. Achilles, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for your time with us today. Thank you for sharing your knowledge. I wish you all the success in the new adventure as head of uh, Spain for the AIM group and uh, keep yeah. in touch. We'd love to have you as a listener, as a, as a reader of Skiff Meetings and uh, always a pleasure to catch up with you. Thank you so much for the invitation.